Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Numbers 24. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read your word, we are amazed at the way your Holy Spirit works in revealing and having these things written down. We pray that we would understand more and be more amazed at your great power. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Numbers 24. And Balaam saw that it pleased Yahweh to bless Israel. And he did not go, as other times, to seek out sorcery. Instead, he set his face toward the desert. Balaam lifted up his eyes, and he saw Israel dwelling according to its tribes. And the Spirit of God was upon him. He uttered his oracle and said, The declaration of Balaam, son of Beor, the declaration of the man whose eyes are closed, the declaration of the hearer of God's words, who sees the revelation of Shaddai, falling down, but whose eyes are uncovered. How good are your tents, O Jacob, your dwellings, O Israel! They are spread out like valleys, like gardens on a river, like aloes planted by Yahweh, like cedars at the waters. He will pour water from his buckets, and his offspring will be like many waters, His king will be higher than Agag, and his kingdom will be exalted. God, who brings him out from Egypt, is like the strength of a wild ox for him. He will devour the nations who are his enemies. He will break their bones. He will pierce them with his arrows. He crouches. He lies down like a lion. And like a lioness, who will rouse him? They who bless you will be blessed, and they who curse you will be cursed. Then Balak became angry with Balaam, and he clapped his hands and said to Balaam, I called you to curse my enemies, but now look, you have surely blessed them these three times. Flee to your place now. I said I would richly honor you, but look, Yahweh has withheld honor from you. Balaam said to Balak, Did I not speak to your messengers whom you sent to me, saying, If Balak gave to me the fullness of his house full of silver and gold, I am not able to go beyond the command of Yahweh to do good or evil from my heart. What Yahweh speaks, I will speak. And now, look, I am about to go to my people. I will advise you what this people will do to your people in the following days. And he uttered his oracle and said, The declaration of Balaam son of Beor, and the declaration of the man whose eye is closed, the declaration of the hearer of God's words, and the knower of the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of Shaddai, who is falling, and his eyes are revealed. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will go out from Jacob, and a scepter will rise from Israel. It will crush the foreheads of Moab, and destroy all the children of Seth. Edom will be a captive. Seir, its enemies, will be a captive and Israel will be acting courageously. Someone from Jacob will rule, and will destroy a remnant from the city. And he looked at Amalek, uttered his oracle, and said, Amalek is first of the nations, but his future will be forever ruin. And he looked at the Kenites, uttered his oracle, and said, Steady is your dwelling place, in the rock is your nest. Nevertheless, the Kenite will be burned. How long will Asher keep you captive? Again he uttered his oracle and said, 
Woe, who will live when God establishes this? The ships will come from the hand of the Kittim, and they will afflict Ashur and will afflict Eber. Also, he will be forever ruined. Then Balaam got up and went and returned to his place, and Balak also went on his way. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. We are in the story of Balaam, which is an interesting story for many reasons. It started in chapter 22 when Balak sent for Balaam, and Yahweh first told Balaam he must not curse Israel, because they are blessed. And he finally let Balaam go, but the angel impressed on him that he must only speak what Yahweh tells him. So in chapter 23, he started his prophecy. He had Balak make seven altars and offer sacrifices on each one, I assume trying to get God to do what he wanted. But of course, Yahweh gave him a message about how Israel is blessed, and it really connects us to the blessing of Abraham. So we had the first two messages in chapter 23. Now in this chapter, we have the third message. It says, He did not go, as other times, to seek out sorcery. I'm not sure what all this means, but maybe one thing is that he has stopped trying to control God, to say what he wants. And this time it says, The Spirit of God was upon him. This time he starts the prophecy with some words about himself, hearing God's words. And he again says good things about the future of Israel. He says, His king will be higher than Agag. Agag is a king of Amalek mentioned hundreds of years later in the time of King Saul. Perhaps it was more of a title like Pharaoh rather than a personal name, though, so that it would have been a name that Balak would have known at this time. He talks about Israel like a lion, which reminds me of the blessing Jacob gave to Judah. And he ends with, They who bless you will be blessed, and they who curse you will be cursed, which reminds me of the blessing on Abraham. Balak is so upset he claps his hands and tells Balaam to run away. He isn't getting paid. Balaam says he told the messengers up front that he could only say what Yahweh told him to say. But then he gives a bonus prophecy. It starts out like the third message, and then it goes into some future prophecy. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. It talks about Moab, Edom, Amalek, the Kenites, and then some harder to understand things. The prophecy about Moab, Edom, and Amalek is that Israel will defeat them. But then, with the Kenite, he mentions Ashur keeping them captive. This is not spelled like the Israelite tribe Asher. It is a name from the descendants of Shem, and probably refers to the people who became Assyria. Then he says ships will come from Kittim, which may mean Greece, and says that they will afflict Ashur and Eber. Eber is another descendant of Shem, and possibly indicates Babylon. I'm not sure exactly what he's telling about here. It ends saying that Balaam returned to his place. But then we're going to find out later that Balaam didn't go all the way back to his home by the Euphrates. It seems he was still helping Moab and Midian cause trouble for Israel in the next chapter. And now for a deeper dive. How does the Holy Spirit work in people? I'm sure you don't expect me to give a full answer to the question in two minutes. But maybe we can pick up some hints here, or at least some things to ponder. It says, The Spirit of God was upon him. Wait, was Balaam good or bad? It seems he was bad, even though he knew about God and spoke God's words. In the New Testament, we'll read that 
He loved the wages of unrighteousness. So, God sends his spirit on people who are bad? Well, we'll read later about the spirit coming on Saul when he was trying to capture David. Saul was going against God there. In the New Testament, the twelve apostles are given power from the spirit to heal and cast out demons, and Judas was one of the twelve. So, having the spirit does not guarantee that a person is currently or will in the future be good or saved. But it does empower Balaam to make this prophecy here. Another thing about prophecy from the Spirit that I have seen in general, the Spirit uses words and concepts that the person speaking or writing and the people at the time hearing would understand. And he uses words and concepts to express things that will happen in the future. So here he talks about Ashur, Kittim, and Eber. These were words and concepts that they would understand at that time. If they are referring to Assyria, Greece, and Babylon, those nations did not exist with those names at this time, so he wouldn't use words that they didn't understand at the time. I'll give you another example. In Isaiah chapter 9, it talks about the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. Those are lands that were given to those specific tribes. Matthew 4 says that this is fulfilled by Jesus' ministry. But in the time of Jesus, there wasn't a specific tribal area for Zebulun and Naphtali. But Jesus spent a lot of time in the area that at the time the prophecy was given was the tribal land of Zebulun and Naphtali. So, did the Holy Spirit give Balaam the exact words to say? Or just some concepts to describe? I don't know for sure. But somehow, the Holy Spirit can use people and their way of expressing things, and still get his message across. Just look at all the different styles of writing in the Bible that all point us to Jesus. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.